Amen. Well, good morning, Shiloh. Good morning. Oh, it's a beautiful morning to praise the Lord. Oh, we're going to give God the highest praise and the highest honor today. Amen. Amen. Oh, let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Oh, let the praises of our King rise among us. Oh, we say, oh, oh, we say, oh, oh, let it rise, let it rise. Yeah, yeah, like this, say, yeah, 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 ye
for. He's the great shepherd. Oh, he's the rock of all ages. Oh, and almighty is he. Oh, we will bow down before him and we will love and adore him because his name is wonderful. He's Jesus our Lord.
to talk to you for a few minutes from the subject, hope and trust. Hope and trust. It's commonly accepted by most Bible scholars that Isaiah is not a single work written by a single individual, but is a compilation that covers a great span of time. The writing covers the time just prior to the fall of Israel to the Assyrians and continues through the reign of Manasseh of Judah. A major theme of the early part of the writing is judgment from God upon his people primarily because of idolatry. To Israel, the message is idolatry is the reason why you will fall. And to Judah, the message is if you don't make a change, then what happened to Israel will also happen to you. We must understand that idol worship is as dangerous today as it was in ancient Israel. Ultimately, it leads to judgment. It's good to have ambition. It's good to want to succeed. But for some of us, success is an idol. Worldly success is not measured by quality, but quantity. If you have more than the other fellow, more money, more power, more influence, more education, then you are considered to be a success. And for some of us, all we want is more. It is the inherent danger of capitalism, for capitalism only works when someone or some group is deemed exploitable. And when we get like that, success has become our idol. But worldly success is fleeting, and ultimately it will not satisfy. For to be a success in the eyes of people, you have to bow to the whims of people. And if you bow too long or too often, judgment will result. For some, personal pleasure is an idol. Let me be clear, there's nothing wrong with wanting to enjoy life. But to live life the way God wants us to live, you can't be concerned only about yourself. Disciples are called to serve Christ through service to one another. Jesus said, do to others what you would want them to do to you. James said, religion that's pure and undefiled is that we look after widows and orphans in their affliction. Peter said we must be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and be humble. Paul said don't repay anyone evil for evil, but do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with 
everyone. John said, this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. It's in our service to one another that we show that we're servants of Christ and that we are not bowed at the altar of personal pleasure. For 39 chapters, Isaiah talks about God's judgment against Israel and the impending judgment against Judah. But with Isaiah 40, there's a shift in tone and time of the prophecy. While the first portion was written during the fall of the northern kingdom, the second portion was written nearly 135 years later after the fall of the southern kingdom of Judah to the Babylonian Empire. Judah did not heed the words of warning that came from God's prophets. And after 135 years, Judah fell as well. Jerusalem was overrun. The temple was destroyed. Thousands were carried away into exile and slavery. And while in exile, the question on the minds and in the hearts of the Judeans was, will God come to us? My friends, in the minds and hearts of a lot of people today, the question is being asked, will God come to us? My life has not met expectations. I had dreams and aspirations and things have not turned out like I thought they would. I've been disappointed by the circumstances of my life. I've been hurt by people in my life. I've been let down by folk that I trusted, and I've even let myself down. I've made mistakes along the way, and I don't know how to get back on track, and so I have to wonder, is it all over for me, or will God come to me? Well, the answer that comes back from God is, yes, if you're willing to be patient, if you're willing to be obedient, if you're willing to be faithful in my own time, I will come to you. God discloses a message of hope that after the dark cloud of judgment has passed, a new ray of sunshine will appear on the horizon. God promised deliverance and liberation. God promised redemption and restoration and reconciliation. God declared that he would bring order back to our chaotic, self-destructive existence. And my brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that after judgment, God has another word. I'm glad that God doesn't keep his anger forever, but he always has a word of hope. I'm glad that God never gives me what I deserve because there have been times when I have put God off. There have been times when I have pushed God out of my life and, and God chastised me and his chastisement drew me back to him. But when chastisement is over, I need some understanding. 
when the bitter is over, I need some sweetness. When, 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 when the hard times have passed, I need mercy. And I can say like David, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Isaiah tells Judah there is a better day ahead, but he cautions them that this new day is reserved for those who will keep their hope in God. Now, I know that we're familiar with the King James version of this text, which says, they that wait on the Lord. But the more contemporary versions more correctly translate this passage, those whose hope is in the Lord. The New International Reader's version uses the word trust, those who trust in the Lord. And I want you to see that hope and trust in the Lord is having an assurance that God will take care of us. Hope in the Lord is trusting that he will hear us when we call and he will come and see about us. Trust is resting in the hope that only God provides for us, that in him no load is so great that he can't help us to bear it. I understand it's not easy to maintain hope and trust in God, but I, I've lived long enough to know that the easy thing is rarely the best thing. When troubles rise, it's easy to give up. When plans don't work out, it's easy to point fingers of blame. When the road gets rough, it's easy to turn around and run away. When disappointment sets in, it's easy to engage in self-destructive behavior. Those things may be easy, but none of them is the best thing. When you feel like you've gone as far as you can go, the best thing that you can do is keep your hope and trust in the Lord. When you keep your hope and trust in God, Isaiah says you'll receive new strength. Now, receive new means that an exchange will take place. Isaiah is saying if our hope and trust is in God, he'll exchange his strength for our weakness. Church, I don't know about you, but I'm glad for the promise of a godly exchange. God will exchange my weakness with his strength. Paul gave this testimony one day. He said, I had a problem. I had a thorn in my flesh, and, and, and it was causing me great pain, and I couldn't handle it on my own. So I went to God with it, and I asked him to move it. And three times God said no, but he also said to me, my grace is sufficient. When your thorn makes you weak, I'll make you strong. Church, life will make us weak. Life is full of thorns that will prick us until we bleed. Some thorns are of our own making, and some thorns result from conditions beyond our control. But what's reassuring to me is that regardless of the origin of my thorn, when my thorn makes me weak, God will make me strong then not only will he renew my strength, but if we keep our hope and trust in God, he'll adjust our perspective. The prophet says, we'll fly 
as high as eagles. Eagles make their nests in tall trees and on mountain peaks. Eagles spread their wings and soar through the air high above the earth. And when you're soaring high in the air, it changes your perspective. Church, we're not God. On our own, the best that we can do is to take life as it comes. But if we keep our hope and trust in God, he'll enable us to assess the aspects of our lives from his perspective. The psalmist says, I will change my perspective. I will lift my eyes up to the hills because my help comes from the Lord. I may not be able to see what's going to happen. But when I see life from God's perspective, I can know that he's going to work it out. When I see it from his perspective, I know that a way is being made. When I see it from his perspective, I know that in the end, everything will be all right. And that leads to my final point, hope and trust in God will enable us to achieve the impossible. Isaiah says, if you trust in God, God will cause you to run and not get weary. God will cause you to walk and not faint. Well, I know that that's impossible with us, but nothing is impossible with God. And I'm glad for that because there are some things that God has told me that I need to do. And I know that I can't do it on my own, but I'm glad that I'm not by myself. I'm glad that he's with me. Bless those who curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that use you and persecute you. Impossible with me, but it's possible with God. Let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good work and give glory to your Father in heaven. Impossible with me, but possible with God. As I have loved you, so should you love one another. Impossible with me, but possible with God. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Impossible with me, but possible with God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Impossible with me, but possible with God. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary. They'll walk and not faint. Impossible with me, but possible, 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 possible with God. There is power in hope and trust when you place your hope in the right one. Let me tell you, if, if you're lacking in power, it might be because you put your hope and your trust in the wrong place. Can I tell you what the right place is? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ's 
on Christ, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground, all of the ground is sinking sin. Everybody's happy today because of what happened yesterday. Can I tell you that ain't where your hope needs to be? Doesn't need to be with who occupies the White House. It doesn't need to be whether or not we flip the Senate. Doesn't need to be who sits in the governor's mansion. Doesn't need to be who sits in the mayor's office. I've got a higher authority than that. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I'm going to keep my hope and my trust in him. When we say that prayer, then there Praise God, 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise. Praise God. Let us all say amen together. Thank you, Brother Jackson, for lifting up that hymn. Touch.